He said, to the extent I desire to move through you, you must allow me to cut on you. The Leader's Cut. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Leader's Cut. If this is your first time joining us in this conversation, hey, thanks for being a part. I don't know how you got here. I don't know who told you about this or if it just showed up randomly on your feed because of the algorithm. We welcome you. We love to uh, not just talk, but to have conversations that we pray the Spirit of God is involved in and using. And the reason we call it the Leader's Cut is because uh, if we're really doing this right, then there's always a part of our flesh that God is cutting off to make more room for a spirit. So that's kind of the easiest way just to explain why the leaders cut. God's people are a people of the cut and his leaders better be too. Let's pray and we will jump into this really fun discussion. God, thank you so much for being perfect. Thank you for never doing anything halfway. And one of your reasons for never doing anything halfway is because your love for us is not halfway. God, thank you for showing us. Excellence matters. Now I pray you would anoint each one of us, not just to carry a new understanding of excellence, but a greater burden for doing everything we do with a spirit of excellence. Holy Spirit, if there are walls we've put up due to failure in the past or walls we've put up due to not meeting or living up to someone else's expectations, any walls we've put up, I pray you'd tear them all down. We want to look more like you and we want to be the best advertisements for you and your glory on the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. This is going to be a fun discussion because this is something that I'm, I'm passionate about uh, and in part because uh, I was raised in church and ministry uh, to really care about this topic. Pastor Robert, Pastor Tom especially um, carried a heart for this. And so it, it was uh, from a young age in my career, this was something that was extremely important. I want to read you a verse that helps kind of just give you a perspective about excellence. Because when we talk about raising the bar, raising your bar, really, uh, we're trying to say, hey, listen, the level at which you do things matters. Don't mail it in. And here's why. You should never mail it in, all right? That's kind of the framework of this discussion. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7 says, Since you excel in so many ways, Paul's saying this to the church in Corinth, in your faith, you excel, your gifted speakers, you excel, in your knowledge, you excel, in your enthusiasm, you excel, your love for us, uh, you excel. I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. This is a lot of excelling. Clearly, the church in Corinth took excellence seriously. And I believe we should too. Don't just be a giver. Paul says, I want you to excel in the gracious act of giving. Here would be my question. If you asked five people close to you, would you say 
Excellence is a word which describes me. How many of them would say yes? And you might try this. And we need to, to remember the fact that in Christianity, in the Christian life, there are three speeds. Cold, lukewarm, and hot. I don't know what percentage is which. I just know not nearly enough are running hot for the Lord. And excellence is one of the ways. Now, please hear me. I'm not getting into some works-based theology, all right? But you are going to see why excellence matters so much to me and to God using Scripture. But I, I want you to see, this is not about achieving works. This is about giving my all because he deserves it. So if we're going to talk about excellence, let's first talk about what excellence is not. First, excellence is not perfectionism. What is perfectionism? Perfectionism is a refusal to accept any standard short of perfection. This was something I struggle with, perfectionism. And the reason typically we struggle with perfectionism is because we're afraid of failure. That that's one of the reasons. Um, we're afraid we won't be accepted if we're not perfect. It's all a lie and scheme of the enemy. And God is not after perfectionism. So let's make sure we are on the same page. Perfectionism is a refusal, a dogmatic, stubborn refusal to accept any standard short of perfection. Excellence is unto God. Perfectionism is all about me. Oftentimes, a, a, a spirit of perfection comes from competition with the brethren, being better than everybody else. Success is about being the best. Excellence is about being your best. Ah, I love that right there. That's just nasty. I, I used to struggle with, I've got to be a success. And, and then what do you get caught up in? You know, if, if you're a preacher like me, then you start comparing yourself to your best friend who's a preacher. And if you're not as successful as he is, then you're not excellent. You're not even good. Now, listen, success is obsessed with being the best. Excellence is about being your best. I have different capabilities than you do. That's why we can't compare ourselves to one another. But I do with whatever God gives me and entrusts to me, whether it's gifting, anointing, responsibility, I want to be at my best and I want to bring my best. And that's a heart of excellence. Here's the second thing that excellence is not. Excellence is not opulence. Opulence means great abundance or extravagance. Here's how I would say it. Opulence is more about being excessive than being excellent. Some people I've heard, you know, maybe it's newly married um, and they have an, a really old car because that's all they can afford. Um, and it's awesome. Here's what's not awesome. When they treat that only car like garbage because they say, well, it's, it's not a Ferrari. It's, it's not this or that. And that's why it just doesn't matter as much. Okay. You don't have to have tons of money in order to be excellent. Do you have to have tons of money to be opulent? Yeah, but you don't need tons of money to be excellent. You just need a heart bent towards having a spirit of excellence. Okay, I want to give you 
uh, five things related to excellence to help us all kind of get to a place where we go, oh, okay, I, this is how God wants us to roll. I'm, I'm in, I'm down, let's, let's do this thing. Here's the first thing I want you to see. Excellence is simply good stewardship. Excellence is doing the best you can with what you have. Good stewardship is your way of telling God you can't believe how much he's given you. Poor stewardship is your passive-aggressive way of telling God he hasn't given you enough. Again, going back to the car. If you feel like it's a piece of junk, you'll be more inclined to treat it like garbage. But when you are grateful that it gets you from point A to point B without any trouble, no matter how chipped the pain is, when you see it like that, you're going to steward it because you know, I got to ride the bus if I don't have this vehicle. So I'm grateful for this vehicle. It's not that I'm against riding the bus. It's just a little less convenient. God, thank you for this means of transportation, even if it isn't the sexiest vehicle on the road. Remember, you don't have to have the best to be excellent. You have to steward everything you have the best to be excellent. I remember when I was in, I think this was sixth grade, maybe seventh. Uh, you could go back and probably look when the, the Jordan 5s came out. That was my first pair of expensive shoes. It's one of the reasons I still wear J's to this day uh, because it's, it, it just keeps the little boy alive inside of me. And I remember when I got that pair of shoes and it was $125, which then was an insane amount of money for shoes. And um, I would put these shoes next to my bed at nighttime. I would wipe off dirt every night after wearing these shoes um, with a washcloth. I went to a friend's house one night and he was obsessive about his shoes and he uh, took um, a toothbrush and would literally scrub his shoes. And so once I saw that he did that, I started doing that with my J's. Here's the deal. It was just one pair of shoes, but here's the principle. The more you value something, the more you'll take care of it. I, I've seen people take better care of a, of a $2,000 car than people who drive a $200,000 car. It's not about the asset. It's about the steward. And excellence is simply just good stewardship. In Daniel chapter 6, Daniel is, is such a wonderful human to study in scripture as it relates to excellence because a lot of the favor that Daniel experienced was connected to his level of excellence, his high bar for stewarding himself and everything he did. Daniel chapter 6 verse 3 says, Then Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Okay, I know I'm just giving you one verse and not all the context, but here's what's really important to understand what's going on for Daniel. On paper, Dan Daniel seemed less qualified than the governors of the institutions at the time. The uh, well-dressed satraps. He looked less distinguished. He looked less qualified. And yet, because an excellent spirit was found in him, 
he distinguished himself above the most distinguished people on the earth in his day. Here's how I really want you to see this, especially the young man. Someone is always watching how you handle what you have to see if you should be given the opportunity to handle more. I'm trying to teach this to my sons right now. Never convince yourself that no one is watching. Don't ever do it. Someone is always watching how you handle what you have to see if you should even be given the opportunity to handle more than what you presently have. Proverbs 22 verse 29 says, Do you see a man who excels in his work? That man will stand before kings. Look at that. Excellence brings you before leaders. He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. What the what? Like actually what? You're telling me that my measure of excellence, the higher it is, raises the odds of me standing before people with influence so that I can bring more glory to God on the earth. What? He will not stand before unknown men. The man who is excellent in his work. Don't be intimidated by this word excellence. Excellence is just good stewardship. Here's the second thing. Excellence is the polite way to steward something that doesn't belong to you. I love this one, and and the Lord really helped me understand his heart for excellence when he reminded me of one verse. Because truthfully, um, when I was a youth pastor the early couple of years, uh, I hate to admit it, but I was was a mail-it-in kind of guy. I was. I was being paid part-time. And because I was being paid half-time, I kind of convinced myself then all I would bring to the table is half of me. Idiot. What I didn't understand fully at the time is it was a test. God was seeing, would, would I bring all of me even if I was being paid for half of my time? So because I was kind of a mail-it-in guy, the Lord like many other ways, had to really get my attention and take me out at the kneecap. He did it with one verse. Psalm 24, verse 1. Preston, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Preston, everything you have is mine. Everything you're stewarding is mine. But this totally changed how I see everything I do and how I steward everything I have. Have you ever had somebody borrow your car before? Question. Did they return it to you in better shape or worse shape than when they got it? Typically, when you borrow a car, you try and return it cleaner in better shape than when it was loaned to you, right? You may not even clean your own car, but if you borrowed mine, you probably would clean it. Why? Because it's not yours. 
most of us, if not all of us, treat other people's things with even more respect than we treat our own. We take their things more seriously than we do our own. So here's what I'm saying. What will happen in your own life when you get a revelation? Everything you have is the Lord's. Everything you're stewarding is the Lord's. You're just borrowing it. It's his. You're stewarding something which doesn't belong to you. Think about it like this. What if you're a photographer by trade? What would it change if you started to see every appointment where you were taking photos of someone or something? What if you saw the camera as belonging to the Lord? Would you treat it differently? What if you saw, let's say my family set up an appointment for you to take pictures of us? What if you saw it like this, that God set up the appointment and he said to you, hey, listen, there's a family that I care a whole lot about and they haven't had family photos in a really long time. And I want them to have memories of what their family look like in this very special season where I'm doing special things. And so out of all the photographers on the earth, I chose you. And I'm setting an appointment for this family I care about with one of my most trusted photographers. See, you're, you're not just seeing the camera as the Lord's. You're seeing the appointment as the Lord's. If we were just some family that you'd never met, didn't care much about, you were frustrated, it had been a really busy week, maybe you'd be inclined just to, hey, how are y'all? And move on. But if you saw the appointment as being set up by the Lord, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't mail it in or even come close to it. This is what stewardship is. This is what excellence is. Excellence is simply what you do when you are stewarding something which doesn't belong to you. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Okay, everything you do was meant to be a divine moment of stewardship where you're stewarding something which is his. It's easy to go to another level of excellence when you realize it's all his and I'm just stewarding what belongs to the creator of the universe. Here's the third thing I want you to see. Excellence is the evidence of preparation. I'm really big on, on this uh, for our church. Um, I, I'll give you an example. If I see trash on the floor out in the lobby of our church, I pick it up. And, and I'm talking about in between services, talking with people. If I see trash, I pick it up. Why? Because I don't want a, a new guest walking in, seeing trash and going, oh, sure seems like they were prepared for my arrival. Guess they don't care. Kind of messy in here. I don't know. I want them to walk in and go, wow. It's, it feels like they rolled out the red carpet for me. Right. 
Because preparation is one of the biggest ways we pursue people. And excellence is the evidence of good preparation. Now, in 1 Kings 10, I want to show you uh, this moment in Solomon's life with the Queen of Sheba. It's actually a pretty famous uh, moment between the two. The Queen of Sheba comes from afar to visit Solomon. And what goes down is very intriguing to me. It clearly, this visit made a very lasting impression on the Queen of Sheba. 1 Kings chapter 10, starting in verse 2. The queen arrived in Jerusalem with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, and precious jewels. When she met with Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Solomon had answers for all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. Okay, we, we got to talk this out, okay? Yes, Solomon was the wisest, is widely known as the wisest man who ever lived, okay? But don't just read this passage and go, oh, yeah, he had answers to all our questions because he's wiser than everybody else. Please don't look upon someone's effort and hard work and preparation that lightly. Here's how I see it. Every moment Solomon read a book, a scroll, every moment he sat with a mentor and asked questions and learned. Think of it like this. It was as though he was looking down the road in the future saying, one day I'm going to be sit sitting with the Queen of Sheba. And she's going to ask me questions about things I've never thought about, read about, asked questions about. And one of the ways God gets her attention is that I am prepared to answer her questions. So today, this is the picture. So today, I don't feel like reading these two scrolls. But you know what? Because I care about the queen that I will one day sit before, I'm going to prepare for her today. This is huge. Excellence is evidence of your preparation. And if I'm unwilling to prepare, I'm unfit to serve or steward. The worst stewards just show up. Let's talk about your job for a sec. How do you know your job isn't just a job? Well, you, you know it's just a job if you just show up. Have you heard about this quiet quitting thing? It's crazy. I didn't know what this was. And apparently it's become a full-on thing post-COVID. Quiet quitting is essentially just showing up, doing the bare minimum and nothing extra. Okay. You know your job is just a job to you when you just show up. How do you know you see your job as an assignment from the God of the universe? Well, you always show up the most prepared. The person who sees the opportunity from the most godly point of view, in my opinion, is typically the one who shows up the most prepared. Of course, I'm talking about believers. 
but but this is huge. You can't tell me you have a spirit of excellence if all you typically do is just show up, whether you're leading a life group, and instead of preparing a teaching and praying through it and getting the heart of God and hearing what God wants to say, you just show up and talk. It'd be like me just showing up and just going, oh, you know what I feel like talking about today? And, and just wherever I go, I go, that's not preparation. Listen, I care too much about you and I respect you too much. I respect the call of God in your life too much to just show up unprepared. But listen to me. When you show up in any room unprepared, you are sending a message to everyone in the room that you are not capable of stewarding more, let alone what you have. Excellence involves preparation. Keep going in 1 Kings, verse 4. When the queen of Sheba realized how very wise Solomon was. Okay, So, of course, she's like, oh my goodness, you know everything about everything. This is incredible, but watch. And when she saw the palace he had built. Implication is how excellent it was. She was overwhelmed. She was undone. It wasn't just Solomon's wisdom that overwhelmed the queen. It was his excellence. His wisdom and his spirit of excellence. She was also amazed at the food on his tables, the organization of his officials and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers and the burnt offerings Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. Listen to me closely. I know I just read their splendid clothing. I need you to understand this. Excellence isn't an outfit. It's an outlook. It might involve, in this case, splendid clothing, but that wasn't the excellence. That was just a part of walking in excellence in Solomon's house. But you don't need a bunch of money to buy awesome outfits to seem excellent. Excellence isn't an outfit. It's an outlook. It's how you see everything you're stewarding. Let me say it like this. When people see that you care about every and even the smallest detail, they will long for you to care for them and their things just the same. This is why it matters. Everyone's interviewing you to see if they can trust you. And no one can fully trust someone who doesn't walk in a spirit of excellence. Let me say it like this. Uh, let's say you have to have surgery. And brain, let's say brain surgery. And you go in to meet with your surgeon. And instead of walking in in the typical um, doctor's outfit, this doctor comes in in flip-flops, Burks, ratty old shorts, and an extremely old tank top with holes in it. Hair frazzled, breath stankin'. Looks like they just rolled out of bed. Question, is that the kind of person you want operating on your brain? Okay, then help me understand. If you don't want a person who doesn't walk in excellence operating on your brain, why would you convince yourself it's okay for you with anything you're stewarding? It's got to matter. And when people see you care about the smallest of details, 
I'm telling you from experience, they will run to put you in a position where you can care for them and the things which are most valuable to them. It's all throughout scripture, Joseph, Daniel, two phenomenal examples of this. I want to walk in a spirit of excellence. Here's the fourth thing I want you to know about excellence. Excellence takes extra. A brat wants something to be excellent without work. A steward knows they can make anything excellent with a little work. I remember when we moved into this building um, that we're presently in. We didn't occupy as much as we do now. This is just an old warehouse. Uh, Six other churches had met here before us. And the last two churches that met here before us, things didn't go very well. Um, It was an absolute cluster. It was a mess. Everything was hideous. Uh, The cords were all shoved where people couldn't see them, but they were in piles. Literally, when Cody would touch the microphone leading worship, he'd get shocked. I mean, it, it was just, there was nothing excellent about this building. And it was so bad that I remember telling the Lord. Now, remember, we needed a home. We couldn't keep meeting in Old Town, setting up and tearing down, right? We had set up and torn down through two summers, two hot Arizona desert summers. Shout out to my little brother, Rick, who picked up the trailer nearly every weekend for those 21 months. We desperately needed a home. I knew if I went much further, I was running the risk of losing some of my most valued teammates. So we're looking for the home. We found this one, but it was garbage on paper. And I remember saying to the Lord, there's no way. And I felt the Lord go, why? And I said, well, this is absolute garbage. This is embarrassing. We're going from the Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts, gorgeous facility, to this. Lord, you go from glory to glory, and this is not from glory to glory. This is from glory to gory. This is a step backwards. I'm not, I'm not moving here. And I felt the Lord say, yes, you are. I said, I don't want to move here. This is hideous. I couldn't see it in front of me. I was expecting something that required no work. And deep down, I hated this building the first time I saw it. And then the Lord said, Preston, do you think I only visit mansions? Like, uh, Lord, before I could even give my response, I felt him say, was I born in a mansion or a manger? And it just, it just reminded me, it's not the mansion. It doesn't have to be the most perfectly amazing building on planet Earth. You know what it needs to be? The best it can be. The best it can be. Here's part of what I learned through that entire deal. When you take something which isn't awesome, and you make it awesome, you're saying, I think you're awesome. When Holly and I were dating, 
I went to Hobby Lobby and got some stuff to make a um, picture frame with different things all over it, uh, little wood carvings, and I painted it. Uh, and, and every little carving on the frame meant something. And uh, it, 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 you, you might say it's cheesy. It was special because I did it all myself. Um, but it took a little bit of work. I took some raw materials, put them together, fashioned them in the form of a gift I knew she would like. She had asked me for a picture of us. And so I went to work. And even though it's not the most, it's not near the most expensive gift I've given her, to this day, it's still one of the most special. Why? Because of the work I put into it. Only a brat. Expect something to be awesome with very little work. But the best stewards know they can make anything awesome with even just a little bit of work. Here's the fifth thing. Excellence is what you give someone you love. Excellence is a gift you give someone you love. Valentine's Day, widely known as the Day of Love, uh, and that's, that's great, but what if your spouse said, hey, uh, I want to go on date night on Valentine's Day. We haven't done this in a couple years. Uh, it doesn't have to be the most expensive restaurant in the whole world, but I just want to have a special night together uh, and celebrate our love for one another. What would happen if you showed up in your Saturday sweatpants uh, your favorite ratty t-shirt and your favorite flip-flops and your spouse has dinner reservations at the most beautiful restaurant in your metropolitan area. They prepared, they lined up all the details and you show up in your Saturday sweats. What message are you sending? Our love isn't enough for me to give my best for. I'm just showing up. Again, I'm not saying it's all about the outfit. What I'm saying is everything you do sends a message. You wouldn't show up on Valentine's Day. Like none of you would show up on Valentine's Day looking like garbage. Why? Because it's customary. This is a day of love. We're in love. We're celebrating our love. I love you. And part of the message I'm going to send that I love you is how I show up to our date. I'm going to wear my most beautiful dress. I'm going to wear my nicest outfit, suit, or otherwise. Why? It's excellence is what you give someone you love. This is what's a little difficult in marriage. When we get so comfortable with one another that we stop trying, it's not good. It's not good. Listen, okay, do you always have to be in your Sunday best? Of course not, but it's not about that. What's it about? Sending the message, hey, I see you. You matter to me. 
And I'm not just mailing this in. Why? Because this is what you do for someone you love. You give your best. Matthew chapter 22, verse 35, Jesus is being asked a question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment of the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God. That's not period. Watch. With all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Okay, think about this. Jesus doesn't just say the answer you think he would say. Well, you must love the Lord your God. No, he says, Preston, with an excellent spirit, with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Preston, love requires you bringing your all. That's what you do when you love someone. We bring our all. Holly, one time, she told me, baby, I would love chickens. Uh, I wasn't necessarily an animal person other than dogs at the time, but I'm a Holly person. And so when she said to me, hey, baby, um, I would love to have chickens. I went to work. I was like, okay, what do we need for chickens? I start researching. I start watching videos online. Uh, then I, I find blueprints for a chicken coop. All right. And, and I went to work and I literally, I call it the Taj Mahal for chickens. It's, it's hundreds of square feet that I built two stories. I, I used two by sixes, total overkill. I had never built anything in my life, but probably one of the things I am most proud of in my life so far is building that chicken coop. But, but why did I build it the way that I did? It wasn't because I wanted it to be the best chicken coop on planet Earth. It's because I so love the person who asked me to build a chicken coop that I said, well, if I love you and you're asking me to do this, to the extent that I love you, I'm going to give my all building this thing you've asked of me. Excellence is what you do with someone you love. It's a gift you give them. And the less excellent you convince yourself you're allowed to be, the easier it's going to be to not experience intimate fellowship with the people you love. Intimacy requires your all. That's, what part, of, that's part of what Jesus is saying in Matthew 22. Intimacy requires your all. If you're going to love the Lord your God, it's going to take your all. Preston, if you're going to love Holly, it's going to take your all. You can't just be a show up person. And listen to me, in the workplace, one of the worst advertisements for the kingdom of God is show up believers. Simply show up believers. I'll tell you, one of the best advertisements is believers who show up more prepared than anybody else. We should set the bar. They should have to raise their bar to run with us. But unfortunately, too many times because we don't understand that what we're doing is actually being done for the one we love we're tempted to mail it in so we do colossians 3:23 says whatever you do do it heartily with all of your heart as to the lord 
and not to men. Well, my boss doesn't care. And so it, it doesn't even matter. I'm not even gonna, gonna give it my all because my boss doesn't appreciate my effort. Listen, those are all just excuses, excuses, and that's narrative. Don't be talking like that. Everything you do is unto the Lord, even if they don't appreciate it. I, I remember years ago, Pastor Robert uh, was my oversight at the time, and we were transitioning to me having new oversight. And he said, Preston, if I have to see everything you do, and clearly he had picked up on something in me. He said, if I have to, to see everything you do, it's not going to be good for you. But when you remember everything you're doing is unto the Lord, then the Lord will wake me up in the middle of the night, Preston. If there's something I didn't see, he will make me aware of it. And he will make me respond to it the way he desires me to respond. Only if everything you do, you do as unto the Lord, not unto me. It's Colossians 3.23. He's saying, Preston, a miserable way to live is to lower your bar where you're doing everything for man. If, if everything you're doing is just for man and not for God, you're never going to reach the full potential that God created you to walk in. But when you set the bar as the Lord, the pleasure of God, not the pleasure of man, not the acceptance of man, you're going to knock it out of the park far more than you strike out. Why? Because you're constantly mindful of the fact you're not doing this for your boss. You're doing this for your king. And buddy, when you realize everything you do is a gift to the king, ain't nobody want to show up to that party empty-handed. Excellence is one of the best ways to bring a beautiful gift, not just a gift, but to beautify the gift, to make the gift everything it could be, to give your all, heart and soul, into stewarding that treasure and then giving it as a gift to your king. I'm sick and tired of seeing Christians have a crappy spirit. I'm just going to say it like that. It's, it's not good enough anymore. It's not good enough. If you're in film, do everything you do as unto the Lord, not unto man. If you're in the restaurant space, do everything you do as unto the Lord. Every dish you prepare, prepare it as though you were serving it to the Lord because you are, even though man is the one eating it. Believers should set the bar and the lost should have to raise their bar. And when they ask us, Preston, why are you taking something so trivial, something so small, so seriously? Our answer must be because I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm giving him this gift. And so I'm giving my all because it's the only way. I can appropriately give this gift. I hope that as you process your personal 
standard of excellence. Do it with an open mind. We're not talking about Preston's standard. We're talking about the Lord's. Matthew 22. All your heart. All your soul. All your strength. All of you. This is his standard, not ours. And this matters, whether you're in the church world, whether you're in the business world, whether you're at the house. We can all raise our bar. And we don't do it to impress anybody. We do it to please our king. Let me pray over you and we'll wrap up our time together. God, thank you so much. Thank you for giving us the opportunity and the ability to bring you gifts. I don't want to bring you an unwrapped gift. I want it to be special. Every time I give anything to you, I want it to be special. I want it to bring a smile to your face. God, would you help us to have your heart for a spirit of excellence? Daniel had it. And it opened doors. You used his spirit of excellence to open doors for him. No other human got to walk through in his lifetime. And others tried. But only he was anointed to walk through the door. And it was his spirit of excellence in part. It was his faithfulness to you. But it was his spirit of excellence which distinguished him above the people of his day. God, you deserve our best. That's what we do with someone we love. We give our best. God, would you help us? Holy Spirit, would you divinely enable us to give our all, to constantly be reminded we're not doing any of this for man. All of this is unto the Lord. And to the extent that we love him is the extent to which we will go to put our all into everything he has entrusted to us. God, for those who have had a low bar for a really long time, simply because they don't think they matter or they're worthy of anything that could come from standing before kings, Lord, I, I pray you just silence the voice of the enemy. I, I pray you'd sweep in to whatever room they're in. You would lift their head and you would raise their bar. This isn't about being perfect. This is about giving gifts to our God. God, may we be the best walking advertisements for you and your glory. God, we want to reflect you and your heart. Thank you for divinely enabling us to give you gifts. It's one of the cool things about our relationship with you. You love to receive gifts from us so much so that you give us gifts just so that we can give them back to you. Holy Spirit, would you cut on us anywhere where some part of our flesh needs to fall off to make more room for your spirit, which brings with it excellence, to carry out all of our tasks on this earth as we give those things as gifts 
to our great God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love hanging out with you. I love it. Like I enjoy getting to be with you and just getting to see where the Lord takes us. Listen, don't beat yourself up. If your bar's been low, don't beat yourself up. Find five people and ask them, is excellence a word you would use to describe me? See what the truth is. And then go to work on improving it. Bring your all, not to be better than your opponents. Bring your all to bring your best gifts to the God you love more than any other one or thing on the earth. He deserves it. You can do it. Put your all into it and give it all to him. I love you so much. And I can't wait to see you again next week.